0: My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
2: You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes.
3: I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
2: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network
0: what? My co host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the maximum mediocrity podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you.
4: So, once again, we're walking through a video store. And Brian says, please, can we please watch Trick or Treat? And we're like, God damn it, Brian, we already talked about it. No, we would never say it like that. We'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then we were like, you know what? We should talk about it. So we grabbed Trick or Treat from the video store. We rented out another time and we sat down and we watched it. And now we're going to talk about our thoughts on it. Brian, you I, really wanted I, to do this one. So let's, let's, let's have you lead us on this.
1: I mean, I've always been a fan of this. Um, this was introduced to me by a young gentleman named Colin Ainsworth um, years ago years ago and it was it was awesome then it's awesome now <laughs> it is like one of those things where it's like i feel like the movie's not super obtainable um which is unfortunate cuz this is like everyone's like people tend to come up to me they're like oh i heard you like like bad horror movies like give me a suggestion i'm like i don't know i watch so many bad ones i don't know but this is one i would suggest um, and I feel like you can't find it anywhere. But if you can, hold on to it. Yeah, because it's it's a wonderful movie.
4: No, it's a, it's a it's a blast. And I I know that Brian was bummed because you know when we were doing our Rocktober, he really really wanted to talk about this one, and we we wasted no time discuss- This was like episode fifteen of the show or something. Like it was so <laughs> early in the podcast. I think we were still combined with Reddit Horror Club when we did this the first time. Um, but did yeah, i pick it i think you did because i this would is guess it was scott <laughs> yeah, this is definitely
5: like the one of those like i could watch every halloween or every october rather. yeah
4: yeah it's it's a fun one it's got great music it probably i would say this or black roses has like the, i think that black the black roses best has actual more soundtrack songs Yeah, like, but it's still a, it's a blast. And it's, you know, this is one of those movies where, um, you know, there's a, there's a friend of ours from Monster Mania, Sean, who loves this type of stuff. He watched Black Roses for the first time this October and we were talking about it, but like that dude, his bread and butter, much like Scott, are these like heavy metal horror films, (laughs) like can't get enough of them. Um, Uh, Yeah, I truly cannot either. (laughs) I, I think that this is like top tier. This this is like yeah. this, and this Black is Roses what,
5: are the two best in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I Absolutely. agree. And like and that's not to, like obviously the one that I probably watch the most is going to always be Rock and Roll Nightmare, but it's for a completely different reason. Rock and Roll Nightmare is such an insanely poorly made movie yeah that like it's super fun to watch. It's super fun to watch with a group of people where you're just like what the fuck is happening. But as far as like a genuinely well-made movie, yeah, Black Roses and Trick or Treat are like the ones to achieve being,
5: Mm-hmm.
4: yeah, and you know what's so still it's still mind-boggling
5: for me. Um, I, I I was like, okay, so I know that Fastway, the band that did the the soundtrack, and I know that when I talked about when we talked about this the first time, I was like, did you guys know that the that the singer from Fastway went on to do Flogging Molly? Um, I mean, that's that's true. Like I, yeah. I I was worried that I had gotten. My mind jumbled up with some other hair metal band or something like that But I I went back and I did a bunch of reading about this um, because I wanted to be absolutely sure And so Fastway was the guitarist from Motorhead the bassist from UFO and the singer from Flogging Molly which is just so weird to me. And reading their fucking wiki is brutal. Every other line, I swear, is like their next album was poorly received. It's like <laughs> everything that they did was just not ever as good as their shining moments in their bigger bands. Like I'm talking about Motorhead and UFO. Um, but it's like Fastway was. Um, it was kind of the the, the that guitarist and bassist. It was their kind of like 30 year side project. It was a very, it's very strange, but like every single time they put out a record, it was like, you were like, eh. Yeah. All Sammy Kerr music was composed by the band Fastway and composer Christopher Young. Christopher Young went on to compose music for Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, Urban Legends. Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. The Uninvited, Drag Me. Well, the, the, the the later like dude, that's night oh, not i'm not, sorry not drag me to hell spider-man 3 <laughs> the gift um but yeah uh, uh, like let me go to
4: fast ways um that's that's insane to think that like like this movie is so built on like people like like listening to that's like okay so fast way was like this band that almost was there and never made it like i would consider christopher young like the dude's made it the dude's making money but like He's also kind of like one of those composers where it's like you don't know that he's there. He's not like a Danny Elfman. He's not like a a, um, John uh, Carpenter. John John Carpenter, or even like a John Williams. Like he's not one of those like composers that everybody knows. Like it's just like a, you know, oh yeah, no, 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 Danny Elfman. He does these movies, but like he's doing movies that we've all seen. Like we've all, like like any horror fan has watched Hellraiser. But like it's not like a, a. composer name that's on your lips uh and the weird thing about this movie that i always thought was interesting is who directed it um the director of this movie was a former actor uh and his biggest role was in american graffiti as yeah. the toad yeah, like, yeah that's right it, it's like that's crazy to me like that's so weird that like this dude who got basically just played like a geek who got shit on <laughs> in american graffiti like went on to direct this like heavy metal horror movie
5: yeah yeah yeah. Oh, and you know who was supposed to play Sammy Kerr originally? Who? Blackie Lawless of Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny because um, they show up. I think that Scream Until You Like It, which is in Ghoulies 2. I think that that shows. If it didn't show up in this movie, it showed up in another movie that we are discussing soon, I believe. I don't know. But, like, it's just so funny because the. the it's just, it's just like this weird incestual group of, uh, like for the for the this time period. So also the special effects were done by Kevin Yager. and we just talked about him with uh, Stephen Bay for, um, oh god, uh, what the fuck? Oh Rumble Stillskin. Rumble, Rumble Stillskin, Rumble Stillskin, and uh, Kevin Yager did a bunch of phenomenal special effects. So I mean, it's it's just like this very small group of people that were killing it. In the 80s with with just the stuff that
4: makes our, you know, our mouths water. Brian, uh, so the guy who directed this movie, Charles Martin Smith, um, he left a pretty big impression on you, Brian, because he directed this movie that you loved as a child. Uh, and he also went on to direct Airbud. Which I believe
2: <laughs>
4: was a was a, a fan favorite of Brian Kelly as a kid.
1: Oh, what a! I mean, if you have a heart, you're a Bud fan.
4: <laughs> uh, his latest movies, like I'm looking at like what he's been up to since, and I'm like, ooh, just making depressing movies. He's making like Dolphin Tail and like A Dog's Journey Home and like all these. Movie's just designed to make you cry because it's animals in bad situations. So mm-hmm. he's come a long way from making a, a horror film about a nerd getting revenge on the people who didn't like heavy metal at his school. And also prank him in like Rube Goldberg level ways. Like like the 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 bathroom depansing and throwing into the gymnasium maneuver. Oh, brutal. Is, yeah, there's a there's a lot of moving pieces in that prank. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Can't just half-ass that prank. That takes time. You
4: have to full-ass it. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, But yeah, then the Sammy Kerr stuff. It's I like that this movie really is playing up like a lot of the the history at that time as it was happening it's not even like looking at it from a revisionist lens it's looking at it just a year or two after it happened because very clearly there's like those moments that are like inspired by ozzy Osbourne of him like ripping up the snake on stage Mm -hmm. or like the d snyder appearing in front of the courts to talk about um the uh fmc was that was called ff FMMC—I don't remember what it is—but the organization that made like the parental advisories, and he's like, "We will rip you down," uh, and then you know, tragically, he's dead. The news announces. Uh, <laughs> oh, they, just- don't they say like live fast, die young?
5: And it's like that's not appropriate if you're pushing forty. Like he died at thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Like you know, Sammy Kerr. It says in the in the the TV. Uh, the news, the news segment that says that he died in his, his the fire. Um, I'm pushing forty, and I definitely do not
4: live fast. Okay, <laughs> no, guys, I live very slow. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I had to laugh at, and maybe this was the case in the '80s. It's certainly not the case anymore. Is the idea that Ragman can just like walk into a radio station and hang out with the DJ? Just,
5: just. It's cause. also a small
4: town. I don't yeah. know.
5: He
1: uh, yeah, literally it, it, just showed up to. Cincinnati and hung out at Kid Chris's studio.
4: Uh, but that involved that's, me messaging them. <laughs> I messaged them in advance. and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in the area. Can I hang out?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure. Here's the passcode." <laughs> like yeah,
5: everything. but that's the thing is that there was no social media back then. You'd have to call. You'd have to be. So I'm assuming that Ragman had no social life, right? And so he oh, and just Glenn, called all the time or Rogers. <laughs> yeah, he just he would call yeah. the Wolfman Jack character basically, and and so they became. Yeah, it's like a, a a wounded puppy, you know, or it's, it's like this, this this little depressing creature that you Please you can't say in. no to. Yeah, it's basically yeah. your life story, Matt. Yep. Um, yeah, when
1: Matt used to call radio stations, it was just like,
5: Hi, uh, I was
1: wondering if you could play the thong song. You know, like, we already played the thong song. He's like, but I didn't get a chance to hear it.
5: I didn't get a chance to tape it off of the radio. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, the funny thing about—I want to say one thing about um, Eddie's friend Roger. He was played by Glenn Morgan. This is his only acting uh, credit on IMDb. He, but he actually went on to be a pretty prolific writer and direct uh, and producer. Rather, um, he worked on the X Files, Final Destination, uh, Final Destination Three. So I would think that he and Christopher Young would have worked together on uh, Final Destination. Um, and he directed the Black Christmas remake. Oh shit! Oh wow.
4: Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. You know, you know, we love that shit over here on horror movie night. Uh, we that is do. a good. That is a fun fucking remake. I, and again, I feel like I always have to clarify this with people. <laughs> I, I've gotten into this with someone again recently about Fright Night. <laughs> like, you can like both yes you're allowed the people to that, you are allowed to yeah the people that think that you can only like one
5: version of a movie are the kind of people that are like single issue voters yeah. you know they're like <laughs> well how could you agree with this politician on this thing but disagree with him on this or they're like well you you're upset about this news story what about this news story and you're like i am an adult with a high functioning brain i can do both yeah, I can be pissed about
4: both of these. Things. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like... It's called yeah, being a pragmatist. Is, yeah, is is Black Christmas from 2006 a better movie than the 1974 Black Christmas? Absolutely no, is not. one of the Black most Christmas important movies worth, in horror. Yeah, like... <laughs> best <laughs> horror but, movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, but like, is it still fun as fuck to watch someone throw an ice skate at someone and decapitate them? Absolutely! <laughs> like, I'll watch that... <laughs> A million times. Or or watch someone suck a candy cane to the point that it's an ice pick and stab someone in the eye. Yeah, I'm going to fucking love that movie. <laughs> like, that, what are you watching ho- a Christmas horror, holiday horror for, if not to see things exactly like that happen? <laughs> oh, God. I, I I feel like that movie's starting to get like a little bit of its...
3: Uh, uh, finally.
4: Like because i don't know i was just talking to miguel about this because he had posted about uh jason lives and how he's like this is essentially once the credits roll on this it's a very unfortunate continuing to watch the friday the 13th franchise yeah it's like yeah that's true and i was like i want people to like rediscover how good part five is like we've done it with freddy's revenge we've done it with season of the witch like i think that's the next one that like needs people to be like oh just because it's not Jason doesn't mean that it's shit. Like, that I think was, that you're preaching to the choir, though. A lot of people have
5: been defending that for years. I, yeah, I think that if Black Christmas can get a little bit of Black Christmas 2006 can get a little bit of love, that would be phenomenal. But I'm not going to hold my breath at all no. because remakes in the horror genre. Very divisive conversation, except for the fact that. The people that are like, "How could you like the remake?" Are the people that don't know that the thing eighty two is a fucking remake? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, uh, ah, nah, whatever. But hey, whatever. I, you know, if if I were to be doing a cover of a song from Trick or Treat, um, I would have to absolutely grab that. Line where Sammy Kerr keeps going, Metal Machines 6-6 six, six, crush. Metal Machines 6-6 six, six, crush. Because it's
4: iconic. It's so fucking good. So I had the dumbest idea when I was watching this the other night. And Brian, this might be an assignment for you specifically. Oh, no. um, so there's a scene in this movie uh, that I won't lie, it's it's a, a bit of a rapey scene where a girl oh, yeah. s- starts listening to a cassette tape and then ghostly hands come out, and she feels so. It kind of makes her feel like she needs to take off her clothes. Oh, it um, takes her clothes off for her, dude. Okay, I mean that but, works. I mean, too. she's
5: like in in ecstasy.
4: That's what I mean. So she's in total ecstasy. Uh, Brian, can you take that clip and remove the uh, the song <laughs> and put an episode <laughs> of horror movie night in there instead? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I will. Please um, don't I do will that. be
1: able to do that. But uh, I have a task for you, Matt. Uh-oh. Um, any noises that she makes I'm not that skilled to, to keep them in so, so I need you to re-record <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: okay
5: I went from thinking that this is a terrible idea to thinking this is a terrible idea that I need to see
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was like watching it and I was like there's a joke somewhere here <laughs> that ties us back to us as podcasters. Where is it? And then I was like, "Oh my god! Like, it'd be so funny." She like hits play on the tape, and it's just like, "It's a movie night!" <laughs> and then just like, "Hey, everybody!"
5: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I like it better without you doing it um, <laughs> and just talking about it on this episode. But hey, <laughs> so I got to my last two notes, and I realized something. When I was like, oh, I think the scrimmage you like it, it, it shows up in another movie that we were discussing. It shows up in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it shows up at 11.59 p.m. right before midnight when he's going to like take over the airwaves. <laughs> um, but I, I, the other thing I have to say is I just absolutely love the fact that you can foil an electricity ghost by throwing a trash can at him. And he trips over it. Into the toilet, and that's basically me at 3 a.m. You know, I'm just like, ah, and I fucking fall into the toilet. It's just so I've got I know a this
1: is serious. I know this movie is serious, and it's not a movie to break the fourth wall. But I was really hoping that they did after the toilet scene when she was like, "Is he dead?" And I just wanted him to be like, "Well, we still have 25 minutes left, so probably not." I was praying <laughs> for that.
4: Um, So I have a question for you guys. Do you think there's the Ozzy Osbourne scene where he's like the preacher on television talking about the Mm -hmm. evils of heavy metal and Sammy Kerr seemingly kills him by like grabbing the TV set? Do you think that Sammy Kerr actually killed Ozzy Osbourne's character or that was something to freak out Ragman? And the reason I ask is because if he did successfully do that... (laughs) He might be one of the most powerful ghosts in horror movie history.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he can go through electricity. So, I mean, here's the question. And and this is – we'll get a a vote. We'll take a vote because there are three of us. Odd number. We'll vote. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that he was able to hurt people before being reborn at the Halloween dance?
1: Um, let's see.
4: Yes. Yes. I agree, yes, actually. Because
1: because he did. You know, he was able to he, uh, he was get into the machine, the machine. at the, Yeah. And yeah.
5: So I agree as well. So we have a consensus. So that means that he did, in fact, murder that old woman on TV and then Ozzy Osbourne.
1: So here's where I get torn. Right. Because he could now maybe he did kill them. And pulling the body out was just practical effect. And by him touching him, they had a heart attack or something. But how is that not being discussed throughout the entire movie if somebody just disappears on live television?
4: That's what I was thinking. Or, like, just randomly dies in the middle of talking on television. Like, that's where I'm like, ooh, that creates such a weird extra piece of this. And
1: I'm aware, everyone, I'm aware that we are total douchebags for even having that conversation <laughs>
4: <laughs> because do you it's expect
1: not, us I,
0: to believe that yeah, he and, could yeah.
4: <laughs> and I'm not even and I'm not even taking it from that perspective I guess it's like if he can do that shit why the fuck does he even need Ragman anymore <laughs> like he yeah. can just kill people through a television set ah good point <laughs> like, like
5: so that's yeah maybe like, it was just intimidation I don't <laughs> like, know it
1: raises a lot of questions. the one who he pulled the corpse out, the old lady, he like literally pulled her burnt corpse out of the television.
5: Yeah, and yeah. that's cool as fuck. I, I, but yeah, yeah. That, that would make him very OP. Um, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh, we listeners, please let us know what you think. Yeah. Send us Selled an email off. about. Uh, maybe we have to have uh, a Patreon episode about strongest ghosts in horror movie night. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, so Sammy we just got to keep our eye. We got to keep our eyes peeled. Uh, to see if there's any showings of uh Airbud with a and a afterwards and show up and then ask the question there.
4: <laughs> it's just a bunch of children and then us <laughs> yeah. being like, but in trick or treat. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Um, but yeah, no, classic movie. I'm glad that Brian got to talk about it. Do we have any other things that we want to talk about with trick or treat beyond like go fucking see it if you haven't, because it's great
1: yeah no I mean I that's it fucking you, watch it I have
5: a question for you guys though about uh-huh. Sammy Kerr so uh the guy that actually did play Sammy Kerr, I, I don't have his name up in front of me right now but he was um I believe uh, a dancer a, a, like an la dancer um not an actual metaler, but that's fine um well, I he, could tell yeah uh, <laughs> but he very athletic and and I believe he died of AIDS. A couple years after Ooh. this came out, um, so um, he might have been sick while while actually filming the film, uh, out uh, filming the movie. Um, but you never know because he was killing it. Uh, but here's the thing: is that so? Ragman is already pretty confused about life, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know where to turn. He has no friends except for Roger. He has this girl who likes him for no apparent reason. Um, no father figure. His mom is kind of an idiot. Um, you know, she doesn't seem to be around a lot. Maybe it's because it's a single mom, she has to work a lot, I don't know. And then his idol, Sammy Kerr, comes busting out of a speaker wearing these tight fucking pleather pants and, and a ripped nylon shirt, or not nylon, but like, you know, uh, it's it's like fishnet rather. I mean, that would confuse anyone sexually, right?
4: Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so, so I looked into him real quick. Uh, Tony Fields is the actor's name. Um, he was a solid gold dancer. And Thank you. He appeared in uh, the Queen music video for Body Language at Freddie Mercury's direct request. Wow. Uh, he also performed as a dancer in Beat It and Thriller for Michael Jackson, um, and starred in uh, the the movie version of a chorus line. Uh, So this sentence, the last sentence about how he died, I didn't... I'm obviously not a medical expert at all, so I just had no clue that this was a thing. It said he died of an HIV-related cancer. Oh, fuck! I didn't know that was a thing either. Yeah, I didn't know that there was like a combination of the both. But yeah, he died in 1995, so a little less than... 10 years after yeah. Oh, okay. so he wasn't sick during the filming of this. Okay. Is,
1: it, just... is it cause I don't, I don't know. Maybe there isn't. We don't know. Or is it just saying that like he may have had uh, a cancer that was treatable, but due to the fact that he was already dealing with such a weak immune system, that's what makes it. Cause I never heard of anything where HIV can cause cancer or lead to cancer.
4: Yeah, I I don't know, and the only reference point is a link to a group that does a yearly charity event in his honor. So gotcha. Who knows? That's wonderful um, though. That's awesome yeah. to hear.
5: Yeah. That, they, that there's a charity event for him.
4: Yeah the the Tony Fields tribute, uh, which happens, uh, I guess, pretty regularly at uh, this college. Um, but yeah, so I do want to talk about. I, I know that Brian doesn't is kind of. It's a weird note to talk about. Um, I posted about this on our Facebook page pretty recently, but uh, Brian and I's uncle died uh, unexpectedly, actually on my birthday, which was not great. And uh, we hadn't really been in touch with him for a really long time. But I wanted to just bring it up because he's kind of the person who guided Brian and I into horror. And I don't think he ever... I don't think it was like an intentional thing, but it was just like the lifestyle that he lived in the love of horror that he had just made it so interesting to two young kids. Um, and I, I can't say if he was a fan of trick or treat or not, but I can say that any movie that would have been worth saying, let's talk about this in honor of uncle Craig, we've already done. Cause it was, he introduced us to Elvira. He introduced us to monster squad. He introduced me to toxic adventure by mistake. Uh, he introduced us into um, the gate and, Uh, Uncle Sam so many movies that we've covered uh, I only know because you know he had an immense collection of horror movies he collected horror statues he did these giant crazy Halloween displays every year and at one point he ran a deli and put his VHS tapes out for rental and we would rent movies from him all the time and almost exclusively horror movies so uh, I just wanted to, to end just you know kind of mentioning him uh it felt weird not not to bring him up um i'm not sure brian you were a lot younger than me but do you have any like memories of of hanging out at his house when we were kids
1: yeah all the time man um i love the literally i we there was two movies that that i would constantly want to rent which was uncle sam and (laughs) uh ghost dad um, and <laughs> the reason for both of them was because they both had holographic covers that when you turned them, they were something different. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah we, we, God, we watched Ghost Dad a lot at that house, which is... Yeah.
1: I did get attacked by his chickens before. That's um, right. Probably enough. He had a big-ass turtle.
4: Do you remember that? Yeah. We,
1: we passed his house last, uh, when I was up there for Julie's wedding. Yeah. Me and Dad passed his house. Um, not the one, not the deli, the one prior to that. And that was when I got attacked by the chickens. Uh, (laughs) I said, Oh, I just got a shiver in my spine.
4: (laughs) Well, Um, and he had, his basement was like a fun house for kids. Like he had like so many pinball pinball machines. machines. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had the fun house pinball machine, both Elvira pinball machines, the Indiana Jones pinball machine, and he had the aliens arcade game. And I remember he had it so that there was a giant jar of quarters that you could just keep putting into the machines. And there was, like, one day where I was like, I am beating this Aliens arcade game if it kills me. And I just, like, kept feeding quarters in every single time I died until I beat the game. It's the only arcade cabinet that I've ever beaten. Uh, and it's it's a great side-scroller game, side note. Aliens, the arcade game, is fucking awesome. Uh, but, yeah, like, just all that stuff. He he, the stat, Like, to this day... I wish I could find those Hellraiser statues that he used to have because they were so detailed and so cool. Um, Got us into Star Wars. He had a, he had uh, basically he made his fortune selling toys on eBay when eBay first became a thing. Um, He had two or three complete sets of the original Star Wars toys still in their cases like the whole like Mm -hmm. 150 toy run he had every dick tracy toy including um the ones that never got released in the states like he just had these contacts with people where it'd be like oh this toy is going to be really rare but it's going to get released in canada so i'm going to contact my canada guy and send him like a 100 bucks and tell him to buy as many of this toy as he can and ship them to me And, like, he'd always keep a few for himself, but then the rest would be, like, hold on to it for a couple years, let the value build and build and build, and then, like, when it's at its peak price, sell it. Uh, And you know, we've got, there's, like, a wrestling toy that I still have in the box because he told my dad, like, this is going to be worth something one day. And if you look it up, like, that particular figure is, like, worth, like, two, three hundred dollars now. My dad got it for two bucks. Like, it's, he just was always on the forefront of that stuff. So it's, it's weird because we were so young. I didn't appreciate how much he influenced me until I was much older and was like, oh, yeah, now this guy, <laughs> this guy was a huge influence on my taste in everything. Yeah. Uh, I do want to at least talk about the Halloween displays real quick, because those were like, that's the stuff that I remember is he would build these elaborate, elaborate Halloween displays outside of his house. And I'm not talking about like, like, I would love to recreate what he did. And I just don't think I have the the talent or the skill to do it but like most people do like cool decorations you know like you build like a little graveyard in your house and you get some clothes and stuff them with like hay or whatever to make it he would go out and purchase mannequins he would take apart the mannequins and rebuild them with motors so that they would move a specific way that he wanted them to move uh he was he would build i remember the big one was that he built an electric chair and put a dummy inside the electric chair and then had it set so that on a specific timer, the ch- the light above the chair would turn on. The whole body would convulse and start stomping its feet. And like just like this stuff that he was just building himself in his garage with his son, who also unfortunately passed away earlier this year. Uh, just like some of the craziest, coolest stuff. I wish I could find the videotapes of those displays. I can't even find the photographs of those displays anymore. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, so Uncle Craig, this one's for you, Uh, it's a bummer we didn't get to see more of you uh, later in life, but, you know, thank you for, for, without you there wouldn't be a horror movie night, I can categorically say that, so, you know, thank you for giving us this great show and, like, introducing Scott into my life too, because I would have never met Scott if I wasn't a horror fan, and he's one of my best friends, so yay (laughs) yay uh so so, sorry for the sad bummer note uh but halloween's just around the corner guys so tune in because while this episode is dropping uh pretty much as soon as we're done recording it i have to do a little bit of tweaking but it'll come out probably today if not tomorrow uh i don't that means nothing to you guys listening um on the docket we've got some halloween classics coming up in the next two weeks so strap in for that and we will be renting another movie next month possibly who's spooky
2: all right you've been lost in the woods for hours now stumbling around in the dark you come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire they see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log welcome to campfire ashes
3: i'm paul and i'm jess Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes.
2: You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the GeekScape Network. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: woods my co-host morgan and i track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from it's like hot sex in a mug we are the maximum mediocrity podcast and we are on all major podcasting platforms we'll be waiting for you
2: you've been lost in the woods for hours now stumbling around in the dark you come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire they see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log welcome to campfire ashes i'm paul
3: and i'm jess join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them is it something that goes bump in the night is it something menacing lurking past the tree line or is it just weird and otherworldly you'll find it here on campfire ashes
2: you can find us on spotify apple music amazon music or right here on the geekscape network
3: you're
1: listening to the geekscape network